Hello and welcome to the Bite Sized Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the hosts joining me this evening are John Christian, Troy Sandlin, and Catherine Lindquist. How's everyone doing this post-con evening? Tired. <laughs> very, very tired. Pretty good. I'm, I'm super well rested. Myself. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think that's kind of the name of the game for our post-con episodes, is we always start out <laughs> saying how exhausted we are, and we're just kind of pushing through. Uh, <laughs> so if you've listened to a few of these, you know what to expect. Um, but... We're going to try to, uh, we have several things to talk about here, and we, uh, this episode will be a little bit different as far as post-con goes. Uh, John was not able to take part in this, uh, convention. He had a prior engagement. Slacker. So, slacker. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, quitter. It was, it's called a five-day nap. That's yeah. what it turned into. <laughs> <laughs> so when we come to our, uh, larger dinner segment, uh, John is going to take the reins and walk us through uh, whatever he wants to chat about with regards to the convention and how it went. Uh, but before we do that, we've got some news things for you. Uh, our community pulse, appetizer, dessert round, uh, where we find bits and pieces from around the community from the past few weeks, and we talk about them here. Uh, let's see. Myself, Troy, and John all have... Uh, little bits and pieces. We've actually got two different uh, Cobalt Press uh, articles or products to chat about. Um, so this is going to be cool. All right, let's start with uh, Troy. You've got a Kickstarter for us. I do. It is the Grim Hollow Player's Guide. Um, mm-hmm. I backed the Grim Hollow uh, campaign setting, and, it, and it's actually got more to it than just a campaign setting. It's got, like... It's almost like an uh, an advanced fifth edition uh, with different Ooh. rules, like for bleeding and uh, how to how to deal with uh, curses that uh, mm-hmm. that have stages. It's not just pew, I hit you with a curse, so now you're you know you're dealing with bugs and stuff, and you get removed curse and it's gone. Um, this is their player's guide. Um, and the Kickstarter uh, just launched a little a while ago, and it uh, funded in ninety minutes. Nice. Yes, uh, they wanted a, a a goal. They have a goal of thirty thousand. They are already at ninety one thousand, and they've got nice. 30, 32 days to go uh, as of this recording. So you'll be able to jump on and uh, grab your copy. Uh, they've also got some miniatures. Mm-hmm. Um, that they're uh, that they're including with this, mm-hmm. if you if you pledge at the right level, uh, some cards, uh, even some dice, coins. The art is fantastic. Um, they've got new races, subclasses, spells, blood magic, playing as an elemental or a fey. Uh, yes, I mean, and and the Grim Hollow world. I don't know how many of you or or any of the listeners remember a 3.5 setting called Midnight. Hmm. Uh, I do Midnight, not. Midnight uh, was was done in the vein of if Sauron had won, if he had gotten the Ring of Power back, and hmm. uh, the Hobbits and the Fellowship failed. The Grim Hollow is very much like that, in that 
aspect. Um, everybody distrusts magic users because of the power that they wield and, and things of that nature. So it's got that gritty um, Brothers Grimm, uh, dirty kind of feel to it. Um, Interesting. Yeah, kind of put some grit back into your into your game a little bit, and uh, I am definitely gonna jump on this one. Yeah, their first Kickstarter had over four thousand backers for the campaign yes. guide. So it, it it is a pretty sweet, uh, pretty sweet book. That's really cool. Awesome. Good for them. Yeah, and the That's miniatures good. are fantastic. They're beautiful. That's very interesting. Very cool. Awesome. They're from Australia, too, so good for a international company doing so well. Um, yes. Nice. Sometimes that's hard to do for uh, on Kickstarter for, for some of those mm-hmm. overseas projects. Uh, cool. Awesome. So, uh, Grim Hollow, Kickstarter. Uh, John, you got another Kickstarter for us, this time from Cobalt Press. I do. Yeah, so um, this one I'm pretty excited about. This feels... Uh, Cobalt Press is uh, they got a good pedigree. They, they mm-hmm. put up some some really good stuff, uh, a good quality, uh, a good bang for your buck. And this one, it is an uh, all dungeon adventure mm-hmm. that's from levels one to ten. Um, you start out on the surface. You've got a, a town that you can kind of go back to mm-hmm. uh, to to rest and recoup. It feels a little bit like whenever I'm reading through this, it feels a lot like Diablo, like old school Diablo. Uh, just, uh, you got your, uh, surface level where, uh, you start out where you go back to, to lick your wounds, but then you dig deep, 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 and then deeper, uh, into the, uh, the underbelly of, of the town that's going on. So in this one, they've got a PDF copy, they've got the hardcover, uh, but they've also got a map folio with uh, poster size table ready battle maps that you can play on that are Ooh. dedicated to the, uh, to the adventure, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, Nice. They've also got a, a digital edition for uh, virtual tabletop. So they've got this for Roll20 and for Fantasy Grounds out of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, you're there, you're paying for the tiers, right? So you can right. get just the PDF. You can just get the hardcover. Like if you want the whole shoot and match, it looks like it's about 110 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the hardcover, PDF, map folio, uh, virtual tabletop of your choice. Um yeah, so it, I mean, it looks really, really good, and uh, I'm 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 partial to the old school, um, the uh, the dungeon delve. I, I like a good mm-hmm. dungeon delve. Same here. I, but I'm really interested to see how they do this um, and keep it interesting. To like you know, because we've we've most of us have run through uh, the Mad Mage uh, yeah. stuff from what Wizards of the Coast, and it's great after uh, for a bit. It's one of those things where you can kind of pick and choose some things from it. You could plug it into your own adventure if you want to, instead of trying to run through the entire thing. But twenty levels gets uh, exhausting. Uh, it does. So I'm, I'm curious <laughs> to see what if how much of the character they're going to bring out in the the of uh, the the dungeon itself, and how mm-hmm. much how much that character, how engaging uh, uh, and enthralling that that character is. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. They've got as of this recording. Uh, 27, or excuse me, 24 days. So there should be more than enough time to get in on this. And it is on Kickstarter. It is by Cobalt, Cobalt Press. And that is uh, uh, the uh, Crimson Citadel or the Scarlet Citadel. Excuse me. Scarlet. And Very it's cool. 5e. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. It. And it's part of their Sweet. deep magic line, which I'm going to uh, talk about in our next little notice. Um, I got a Kickstarter that I put for a while back in the mail this week. I Picked up the uh, Deep Magic uh, resource book by Cobalt Press for 5th edition. Um, 
if you are not familiar with this uh, Kickstarter, they really wanted to make another big book of spells, and that's what we got. Um, I think, if I remember, there's hundreds and hundreds of new spells here. Um, they had a big, like, uh, backer submission thing where you could submit your own mm -hmm. ideas for spells, and they looked that's them over. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's new types of magic. There's clockwork magic. There's dark magic. There's blood magic, uh, apocalypse magic, void magic, um, all sorts of things like that. Um, there is uh, also a whole host of player options for basically um, new spell casting subclasses. So you've got new bard colleges, new cleric domains, a ton of those. Druid circles, uh, you got a new uh, prescient knight archetype for the fighter, you got paladin oaths, you got ranger archetypes, you got sorcerer origins, and uh, wizard traditions, uh, warlock patrons, the whole gambit. Um, as always cool. with Cobalt Press, really nice book. It says 700 new spells. That's what it is. 700 new spells. Um, really, really nice book. Um couple of things that I would comment on. I think that you're definitely going to find spells in here that you like and spells in here that you hate. So uh, pick and choose if you're the dungeon master which ones you insert in. But I think this would be a great resource to like give your wizard or your sorcerer some really unique spells that fit, fit them as a character that you approve. But I don't know if I would ever approve this book just whole cloth. Because uh, there's, mm. there's some oh, yeah, definitely. pluses and minuses there. Um, Quality-wise, on the interior, lots of great art. Um, I feel like the subclasses are pretty well-balanced. I've read through quite a few of them. Uh, my only complaint with this book, really, truly, is that I think they played it somewhat safe with a lot of the subclasses. Um, uh, in what way? Just, uh, so, so uh, here's some great examples. There are two um, cleric domains that are just kind of jump out and grab you. There's a beer domain and a cat domain. <laughs> and you know you're like oh man that's gonna be crazy fun it's not it's very tame uh, the uh, abilities that you get from those are very reasonable um, you're you're gonna say oh yes those fit right alongside the player's handbook uh, cleric domains which maybe that's what you want as a dungeon master myself if, if somebody came to me and said I want to be a beer cleric we're gonna design something crazy Mm -hmm. Um, cause that's mm -hmm. a crazy idea. Um, I, and I really feel like if this book suffers from anything, it's from trying too hard to be official and clean and not step on any toes with their designs. Um, and I kind of am ready for that. I think, uh, I would have rather seen a book that takes some risks and does some crazy stuff. Uh, as opposed to this, but there's still lots and lots of good stuff in here. And, um, uh, it's $50 retail. That's worth it. It's worth it for that, um, for everything that you're getting here. Because you'll use this book every campaign one way or another with the amount of spells and stuff that it has. Yeah, it's a it's a great way to uh, give spells to your NPCs mm -hmm. that your players don't have Yeah, to really mess with them. Mm -hmm. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, you know, if they, if they kill the bad, the bad wizard... They can they can snag his spell book and now they've got these cool new spells. Yeah, I'm super interested in the void category there. Oh yeah, 
it's probably Cthulhu kind of inspired, but mm. but I'll, I'll we'll dig into it. maybe maybe some point uh, whether on a podcast or just us sitting around and chatting we'll do a deep dive into the spells and if we get inspired to chat about specific ones that might be a fun episode at some point but nice. Anyhow, yeah, Deep Magic Sweet. by Cobalt Press. Uh, you should pick it up if if you if you have the coin. It's it's a good book to have on your shelf. <laughs> okay, um, John, I think I'm going to turn it over to you. We're not going to make this a long episode. I think a lot. I'm I'm starting to think that maybe these postcon episodes are more for us than for anyone else. <laughs> um, and yes. so we'll try not to be too um uh, gratuitous in our uh in our time expenditure here but uh john it's all you man what do you want to talk to us about yeah so i didn't get to go or i didn't get to participate so yeah. i am i haven't heard anything and i've tried to come into it really really fresh uh i tried to avoid as much as i could uh <laughs> kind of the, the, the hubbub that was going back and forth in discord uh yeah so let's start out with this uh so did all three of you do all three days of events yes Yep. Yes. So, so for those that are listening, this is D and D celebration, is what uh, what Troy, Zach, and Catherine were participated in. It was over the weekend of the 18th through the 20th, and the first night was a rehash of the D and D live stuff, uh, where they went through uh, the. Did you do all five parts to the uh, uh, four parts? Yeah. Four. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, for uh, ice road trackers. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And then yep. the next night was the, uh, the next day, excuse me, was the Epic, yep, which the, the Epic, Epic was mm-hmm. run three times. That's right. about right? Okay. Yep. And then, yep. the, then the final day on Sunday was the first, like, the first not like non-session zero type introductory adventure, uh, DDALs uh, 1001, which That's I can't right. remember. Yes. Rec- I can't mm-hmm. recall. What was the name of it again? The Frozen North. The Frozen North. The Frozen North. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So They, uh, they well, dug so deep first... for that title. <laughs> so I think we've... <laughs> yeah, right. So I think we went into a pretty good detail about uh, about Ice Road Trackers before. Not like giving too many plots and whatnot away, but kind of our feelings on it. And I'll, let's, I'm going to save the epic. Uh, let, me, let me ask you this. How did you feel about that Sunday adventure that uh the uh the frozen north how did it how did it feel to you from a from a module perspective was it did it fit the need right so the, the need of a of a of a, an, a several hour block of D at a convention online how did that feel i'll start with uh we'll start with zach this time around go ahead uh top notch i think uh it's a really well written adventure uh it sets the mood that i think that the t- preview modules don't the the ice road trackers is very lighthearted, very intro any player friendly right like you can bring mm-hmm. your kids ice road trackers and have a great time for the most part um you know they don't you don't have to there's not heavy themes 10-1 is where we decide we're doing a horror game mm-hmm. um yes. as much as D is going to do a horror game right now um and so I really thought that the story it wanted to tell, the lore that it wanted to include, the way that it used si- the sidekick rules, all of those things became really, really good, um, making for a very unique uh, way to play D&D and a very unique start to a season. Um, smallest of caveats being that it really felt like this module was designed to be played in a single four-hour slot. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that last minute, they divided it up into four quote-unquote mini parts. And mm-hmm. so 
if you were an unfortunate player who only signed up for one or two slots or couldn't get in on the others, you were missing true beats of the story. Yes. Um, and if you only played part one or part two, you do not feel like you got a complete uh, experience. Uh, you didn't see the conclusion to your tale in any sort of satisfactory way. So that would be the downside. But um, the, the module itself is top notch, in my opinion. Gotcha. Catherine, did you have any notes you wanted to add to that? How did you um, feel about it? Yeah, I mean, Zach pretty much covered it. Uh, I I don't have notes on the module itself, um, so I will leave my thoughts for later. But um, yeah, in general, uh, when we were running Ice Road Trackers, I was like, and, and when we were running the Epic uh, a lot of the time, I was like, okay, um, I can see how if people decided they wanted this to be horror, I can see how they could play this or that aspect up. Um, but then with 10, when it's like, Oh, okay. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I personally, you know, just a disclaimer for all future conversations involving this. Uh, I personally am not a huge horror gamer. It's not really my thing, but, um, I really, I really enjoyed this one. Okay. Um, yes. So That's it's, awesome. yes. So also then if, if you, enjoy, you know, so now let's, well, again, we're going to continue to sidebar the Epic. I think I'm going to sure. hold that one and, uh, no problem. I'm going to put a pin in it for a minute. So was there, <laughs> what were the, what were the challenges of the, of the doing, going virtual with this one with the, at least with the, for Friday and yeah, go ahead, Troy. I'm sorry. I would just like to say, um, about about the the module itself Mm -hmm. i loved it i love how they you know it it did push that that horror and it's not you know jason and freddy krueger type slasher horror it's uh it's suspense and Mm -hmm. it really kind of pushes that i am out of my element i don't know what's going on i don't know where i'm going and there's something out there having said that i don't know if this is how season 10 modules are going to go i hope so because the way this module is written a brand new dm can grab this module read Mm -hmm. it through and run it and pull it off fantastically because they've written it with sidebars i was like okay here's here's where a, a skill challenge kind of thing would be and this is how that works uh if if you get frightened this is what frightened means and and it and it gives you the information that maybe a newer DM might not remember or know and not really be comfortable flipping through the DM, the DMG or the player's handbook to find out that information to run a good game. It's right there in the module. Yeah. The, the one and, downside. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Uh, and it's in really clear blocks, so you yes. can if you you can just glance down and be like, "Oh, I don't need to look at that part." If you yep. do know, it separates so. those those nice those training wheels very nicely from the rest of the text. The only the only downside, and it's a very minor downside because you can you can get around it very easily. The beginnings of the modules, or the beginnings of each of the little adventures. Um, don't give you that block of setup box text. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of peppered in the 
the DM setup part, you know, the DM information part. Yeah. So all you have to do is grab your highlighter and go, okay, I'm going to say these things. I'm going to make sure I mention this. I'm going to mention this. Okay. I got my, I got my, my created box text, but mm-hmm. they don't give it to you straight out of the gate. The problem with bullet points, man, yet again. And well, some of them, <laughs> well, that's just it though. They weren't even in bullet points. A lot of it, but yes. It sounds thing. to me like it sounds to me like both ice road trackers and because uh, I actually, I enjoyed it too. Whenever I ran it, uh, that's I think that was a oh, it's fantastic. It, 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 every all, all the, every adventure has their warts, right? But uh, all in all, I really enjoyed uh, what they were doing with with the uh, the four different quest missions or quests. They were divided well, and they all yeah, that was fun. Of, they all served uh, served a served this an, an overall story arc, which I thought was was really really good. So so far, it sounds like out the gate, the f- the first two that we really got outside of the epic are um, are home runs. Just they did a yes, really really yes. good good job putting those out there. So I think Sean Merwin was the one that wrote the one for Ice Road Trackers. I don't yep. recall. Do you all remember who wrote yes. uh, Frozen North? It was uh, Ben and uh, Page. Page, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, Page. Oh well, there's. John, big hat, fat, hairy surprise that the two of them wrote something. <laughs> so, really so for those of you listening out there, um, if you wait for about six months, you'll probably be able to find uh, the plot line of the Frozen North stolen and put in a. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> never mind. <clears throat> uh, so anyway, um, <laughs> I I thought of a, the thing that um, the thing that I was going to say earlier. Um, uh, to avoid spoilers, uh, there's something to do with the sidekicks that isn't interchangeable, uh, that it would have worked, uh, just fine if it would have been interchangeable, uh, mm-hmm. and it would have allowed for more, um, more organic, mm-hmm. uh, play between the sidekicks and the players and as the DM trying to portray the sidekicks. That's, yeah. that's all I'll say about that. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. That, I think that one without, uh, we're in a four hour mod, you could have been a bit more flexible with that. You couldn't be yeah, flexible when true, you were right. handing those people off to another table. Yeah. But go ahead. Right, John. So, yeah. So yeah, we've, uh, so let me, let me move on to the next thing. So that uh, let's talk about the Epic. Now yeah. right? we've kind of, we've talked about those uh, epics are always, it is a shooting match whenever it comes to whether or not it's going to end up being uh, it's going to be admined well, uh, uh, taken well by the audience, um, received well by the DM, and then uh, executed properly. So uh, it seemed to me like there was a lot. They tried really, really hard, at least on the back end, to make this epic work as as well and as smoothly as they possibly could have, and not, you know we can all Monday morning quarterback all day long about how good or bad or otherwise that it is. But I'm really interested to hear from the three of you, how did the Epic go from like, from an administrative standpoint, how were your players lost? Did it get, did you get the feel of the, like the Epic, the, the cross the table chatter and something bigger than just one encapsulated four hour session between you and six people? Uh, Troy, you didn't start, uh, Zach started last time. So why don't you, why don't you take us on? Uh, into it with this I feel and this was echoed by uh, a few of my players that I had in the three different uh, runnings of this that felt like we were at a convention in person it had you know even though we're all in our own homes on our computers doing doing this stuff virtually if you've ever if you've never played in an epic in person it is uh 
for lack of a better term, it is barely controlled chaos when done correctly. Mm. <laughs> Everything is going nuts. The tables are all having fun. It's loud. It's 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 raucous. Um, something that this table does affects this table over here. Uh, there's players, you know, for whatever reason, getting thrown to one table or another. There's people running up to the headquarters table saying, "Oh my gosh, this just happened! What, what do we do?" <laughs> <clears throat> and even though we were not in the same room, it did, in parts, have that feel for the players. Mm-hmm. And they were, and I didn't lose anybody. Uh, people understood what was going on. Um, they they got the uh, the ideas behind the different interactive elements of things. Um, accepted it for what it was being an online event and they had fun with it they they took it and and ran with it and people really enjoyed it that's awesome that's really good to hear Catherine. you uh did you uh, did you run in roll 20 what was your your medium this time around uh so i stuck with uh discord and theater of the mind because i wasn't sure whether i was going to be able to technically run roll 20 mm-hmm. um Still a little bit up in the air about that. I haven't tried it yet. Um, <laughs> but um, I, so I just ran Theater of the Mind, and um, that worked out really well uh, because of how the combat, co- most of the combats went, um, like how they were set up and everything. So that was nice. I don't know if they did that on purpose, but I really appreciated it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, this was the first time I had ever run an epic at all. Uh, and so I was kind of like, I I was kind of panicky uh, for the first like 30, 40 minutes of the first time I ran it because I was like, I am so sure that I'm reading these times wrong or that my, my timing is off and my table isn't going to be able to get to do this out of the other thing because I don't quite understand what's going on. But, um, but it worked out really well. Uh, I didn't miss anything. Uh, (laughs) and the players, uh, my, I think probably it would have, the only thing that I'll say is that it probably would have been good to have a note somewhere if they didn't already, uh, that said in the epic timing is very important. And so you aren't going to be able to take your like super fleshed out character and have a uh, really good role play for most of this, because most of it mm-hmm. is you guys rolling through the story with a bunch of other tables. And that's the point of it. Um, mm-hmm. And so everybody had a good time, but I did have a group of friends that wanted to role play. And um, unfortunately I kept having to say, I'm so sorry. I would love for you to, but we got to keep going. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, they even that group had a great time at the end. So it was it was a cool first experience for sure. That's awesome. Good. I'm glad, Zach, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm the resident person who doesn't like epics, but does them anyways, I suppose. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, I'm really interested to hear your take on this. How did this go? Yeah. You know, to me, the, you've got the double challenge of an epic and it being online. Yeah. How did that, that pan out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so I guess let me let me briefly say the reason that I don't like them is because I feel like too often the reins are taken from the DM and handed to the admin or to the timing of the slot. Mm-hmm. And and so the table gets this very start, stop, start, start, stop, n- unnatural flow to it 
because we're trying to, you know, force your pace of every table to keep up with every other pace. Uh, by and large, I really enjoy the stories that the epics are trying to tell. And I like the concept of multi-table, but it's just the the unnatural pacing that bothers me. Um, be that as it may, um, uh, I thought that this one went by and large as well as could be expected. I actually was kind of in the same ball ballpark as Catherine starting off in that. I was not super excited about this one going into it. Um, and I was feeling significantly overloaded by the amount of different servers and channels yeah. within the servers and handouts and every, like, I'm used to getting a lot of stuff for a convention handed to you and say, oh, you run this, this, and this, you, you run, you know, you might run five different mods over a weekend, you know, several hundred pages worth of text by the time it's over. <laughs> and, I, and that's one thing. Man, the epic this time around, there were so many different things that you had to keep your eye on. Mm -hmm. We had two different Google spreadsheets. We had three different PDFs. Uh, mm -hmm. We had two two to three different uh, Discord servers and then like five channels per server that we had mm -hmm. to be watching at all times. And mm -hmm. not to mention the 400 other channels that we had to maneuver around to find the channels that we're supposed to watch. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so all of that had me set up to be like, this is not going to go well. Um, luckily, I think right at the last minute, I forced myself into a better mindset about it. And my opinion of it was <laughs> I was just going to run and make sure that my players had a good time. And I wasn't going to worry if I missed things or if we were a little bit behind or a little bit ahead. It would be all right, um, but that you know, I was just going to focus on it being a good experience, and uh, I got to say, it went really well. I'll give a shout out to t the two uh, DMs here in chat, John and Troy. Um, they helped put together the admin stations, um, and John had a great uh, idea that really helped with the first part. Uh, yes, keep us in line, and then Troy had uh, an idea to do a Twitch stream that kind of complimented the server. Um, that was your me, idea? Let, let, was, me, let me just say, I it was not my idea. I, I reinforced that idea okay. when it was brought Because Krishna, <laughs> one, one of our DMs, Krishna, um, he did that for during Gen Con for a couple of the, uh, the interactives during Gen Con, and it worked out fantastic. And I think this time, the, the Twitch stream was even better of a, of a tool than it was at Gen Con. Yeah. It was very helpful. I was mm -hmm. relieved to see that I had a timer and at any point in time, it was within a minute of when I needed to get my players to yeah. hop on Twitch and do stuff. Yeah. That, yeah. that say, in my opinion, the timer that everyone could see saved the Epic. Oh, hands down. Well, hands hands this. Is that down. something that's, is that a, is that something that they usually do in the physical? No. Is that whenever you're at a con? Oh, Would that be really? Troy, I know well, that you admit admin them. Is that something that yeah. might be an ad? You well, add I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, in the first few epics that they've done, that they did uh, back in you know seasons one and two, maybe even three, uh, they did have an aspect where they would have like a projector screen or a projector uh, throwing up information on a wall to let everybody know what was going on and they were able to do timing that way. 
Uh, for whatever reason, um, they have gotten away from that. Um, I don't know. I'm not really sure why, but it mm -hmm. did actually help a lot because I mean, you could every table could look up and say, "Oh, uh, there's a bunch of teams over in the dock ward, uh, but they're not over uh, guarding the 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 wall. We need to go to the wall." You know that kind of a thing. Um, mm -hmm. And this Twitch stream uh, idea really helped with that. I mean, and Krishna had it put together nicely. And I will just say that uh, his idea to uh, pre-record yes. some of the, uh, the, the the vocalizations yeah. and stuff in between that usually we admins have to get up and stand on a chair and yell out over the entire crowd uh, worked fantastic. So... Yeah, mm -hmm. it was but really yeah, well, uh, really well done. It was it was cool to see that. That was really uh, cool. Yeah, it was cool to see that kind of get put together on the back end before it actually went out. I was curious as to how that was received. So that's really cool to it hear. Did, it did work out well. And the only the only uh, caveat to the whole thing that I can see is we were pushing to have a large amount of tables at any one time doing this epic, which is fantastic and a, and a sight to see when you're in in person. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I think if there was any detriment to the epic online, it was because of that. Mm -hmm. Because we had so many 60, channels and tables and sixty like plus that. tables being ran at the same time. So yeah, for yeah, all three times. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Four hundred so, players, that's huge. Yeah. That is a huge population. That is huge at one time. Yeah, and so when you're having to bounce between your own particular channel with your players, and you have to scroll. My Imagine. last name starts with S. Yeah. All right. So I've got to scroll through all the other DMs and, and everything to, to find those different things. If they had some way to what would what would be nice is and I don't know if you could do this and, and probably our listeners are gonna go, It's easy to do, moron. But if, if you could have multiple Discord windows open easily to tab through real fast so that you could have this window is on this channel and this window is on this channel. Yeah. I would love that if I, you could have mm -hmm. something like that. You could do it in browser, I'm sure. But yeah. 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 You, yeah but that's eating up more of my browser space that Fair I have enough. for Fair enough. D, &D yeah. Beyond and everything else. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, so let me ask you this too then. So if the, if the games went really, really well, at least, you know, from a for kind of fluidity, you know, everything, one thing rolled into the other, kind of came together and in the end did you guys have any any particular complaints from your players that were consistent across the board that they something that that might be helpful to the admins in the future not just with the i don't want to just you know hone in on the the epic but across the board you know in we're we're still learning as we go and i think that it's kind of a it is a, a skill that has to be honed over time and through experience what what was there in particular that was like the general consensus from your players of like, man, the, if only they'd done this better, or if only X, if it was from you or if it was something overall, was there anything in particular that stands out? Yeah. yeah. There's a couple things. A couple things, yeah, definitely. Um, I think uh, the things that jump into my mind real quick are that um, we had too many, too many servers. Um, mm. Players were getting lost all the time. All the time. I, I don't know how many times I had to go hunt for players um, across the servers because I knew that there was somebody out there that was lost. And sure enough, I'd find them. I'd be like, hey, are you looking for this game? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Mm. Let me bring you in, right? Um, so that was definitely a problem. Um, 
server size without the boosts was a problem. Um, because in Discord, um, the basic Discord channel, unboosted, has poor audio quality. And the more you boost it, the better the audio quality can be. When you have 400 people trying to talk at the same time in an epic, people were losing audio. Um, so that was a complaint that I heard numerous times and I experienced myself and that just needed to be fixed. And then the last thing that I, I would throw a stick at was, um, and I, I hope that there was a lesson learned, but, um, epics need to be online epics need to be thought about in a different way than in-person epics. And one of the big mm -hmm. things that we have to reconsider is how much noodling do we want to expect uh, out of the adventure and out of the players and out of the DM. Um, as an example, like there was a time when there was a running commentary going on the Twitch stream. That was a big no-no and really just threw a huge distraction wrench into the gameplay. Um, but also just like anytime you move a player, I had three people in one epic stumble into my room because their DM had thrown them into a different room and they couldn't find their way back to their DM. Right. Oh, so, no. And they got there. But like, that's the sort of thing where, yes, it's cool at a convention because you know where your table's at and you can go and yeah. come right back in a virtual thing. Like Troy said, when there's 60 tables and you're having to scroll through, you can get <laughs> lost pretty quick, especially you if you're not quick. if you didn't really familiarize yourself with the space fully before you jumped in. I so to kind of counterpoint that last bit a little bit, um, and maybe it's just because I'm, I run a lot online anyway. Um, I think as long as it's like, okay, jump to the name above you and then jump back here, it's okay. Um, but again, you know, that's what it was this last time. And it sounds like a couple people still managed to get lost. So, and, and that could have very well been, uh, the DM not, or they not understanding what the DM said of go to the table below us and then come right back up here. They might, you know, in, mm. in the mass chaos of the, of an Epic, a player jumps to another table and goes, I forgot where my, where the table was in real life. In, in, in mm. person, you can go, I forgot my, where. Oh, there I am. Okay. But online, right. when you forget where your table's at, was I up or was I down? Oh man. I don't remember my DM's name. <laughs> oh no! You know, and everything, everything crumbles <laughs> around you. Yeah, if you get a little bit flustered as as even as a DM, it's really quick to get lost. Like I don't know how yes. many times I was like trying to find. I'm like, no, 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 I need to be here. No, I'm trying to find this thing over here. Oh, I need. No, I was looking for a resource over here. No, that's in that yep. other channel. Um, every time <laughs> where did that go yeah i don't know how many times i would get on with troy in between slots and he'd be like i'm looking for something that i can't find oh. where yep. is it yep. 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 That's where did a... they put this thing yes it was not Troy's it's, fault. It's, yeah it's just to, to relate to the listeners remember when you were a kid and you were looking for that one particular particular toy that your mom put away <laughs> where she thought it should go and it's not where you you know it's like where is it where's my gi joe yeah that's what it, that's what it felt like <laughs> that's what i it think felt like. something i'm gonna do is next time if i run another epic online i'm probably going to uh print off as many of these extra resources as i can there was at least one 
there were at least two living documents that we couldn't print off because they would change all the time. But (laughs) other stuff, like, I I think that's a lesson I learned. Um, Yes. Hmm. I would say (laughs) you tell me, what did your what did your players say that they had? There was like a consistent, uh, not necessarily a complaint, but maybe uh, a lamentation that they might have. Honestly, for the whole event or just the epic? Well, just in, in anything. If, was there something that was consistent? Okay. You know, that, consistently that might, that might be something that we can you can t- we can take into the next event as a group. Oh, that's and easy. We can share that with the other easy. DMs. Yeah. The number one, and I think every table spoke this, um, and that was the uh, the ticketing, how to get tickets, and and the fact that, um, and it's getting better. Uh, every every iteration that we've done from D and D live. To, to Gen Con, to this, it's getting a little bit better. Things are changing. This part might get a little bit worse, but this part might get a little bit better. Um, a lot of people came on and was like, oh, I didn't realize that this ticket was for just one part of the module. Mm-hmm. Because the modules were broken out into their four separate parts, you bought a ticket for each part to play. And they were all like, it didn't say that on the ticket or on the website. The people that understood were the people that played at D&D Live and at Gen Con, and they got in and they bought their four tickets to, so they could play the whole story. Yeah. To Wizards' so, credit, it was listed. It was just not listed well. So, right, yes. It, it I, just needs to be done a little bit better. And Gen Con needs to do that as well because a lot of times yes. they're not, they don't give you enough space to... to Completely describe what this ticket mm. is for. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I would say that yes, the ticketing uh, will get better. Definitely, that is definitely one thing that they want to get better. Zach, what about you? Uh, I'm not going to touch on this much, but the big complaint that I had, and I had players asking for ticket refunds because of it. So if mm. I, we're going to take something away from this that should not ever happen again, it's mm. get a new season dropped the day before. Oh. The convention. oh, the new season rules. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that was rough. Whatever. We, we, we probably won't talk about, at least in full detail, that yeah, conversation. <laughs> let's, let's just avoid <laughs> that conversation. What that we think about it. But what else? So, so throwing, ignoring the actual minutia of season 10 rules right now, it's not a great idea to announce an event, let people buy tickets for an event, tell them what level to make their characters, all of these things. They have their characters ready to go. They're building them based off of previously understood rules and then the day before the event you say you can't play your character Mm -hmm. whatever the rules could have been they should not have been dropped like that um give your players some mm -hmm. time give your players some times yep yeah Yeah, uh did did your one player actually so bounce out or did she did she actually play so i i I had a player um who had two pre-made characters ready to go uh, for this epic, and they were both built legally by season nine rules. Neither play, neither character was legal in season ten. No, and yeah. and that person had to remake, uh, remake a character, and was very had private message me and was like, I don't know that I can do this. I had a narrow window to play. I don't know that I have enough time to remake a character. Yada yada yada. I very much sympathize with them, but it just, uh, they did end up playing. They had a great time. They thanked oh, me for it. They, they, uh, they, it ended up working out really well, but that's a problem that players should not have to go through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
here, here. Like and, and also DMs should not have to go through that as well. No. Because when you do That's that fair. to the players, and mm. especially especially online, because it's not like they can, you know, go talk to the admins and things like that that are roaming the convention hall. Yeah. When you're online and those players arrive at your table, you are the face of D&D, and you are expected to answer the questions that they have about season 10 rules and you have to Don't give them say that you have well, to give the, them well, that yeah and I, your, your fingers I, are crossed that they're not going to say yeah, that it's your fault yeah right? they're they're like pointing at you it's like why did they do this and you're just like I, i'm just here to run a game i don't know i just so, want to have a good time okay, yeah um, uh, we uh let me let's let's wrap it up with you tell me if, is there something that one of your players or that your players consistently lamented uh, or gnash their uh, teeth about? You know, uh, not really. Um, once again, I had a group of, I had an awesome, like, whole list of players. Um, to be super concise, uh, the only thing that I ever heard uh, from more than, like, one or maybe two was uh, we don't have enough time to roleplay during the epic, uh, mm. which is why I brought that up earlier. Um, and then, um, also, I noticed that uh, there were quite a few players of mine that were very, um, that were very, very disappointed that there was literally no way to, oh, uh, do a thing that happens repeatedly. Like there's no way to prevent a thing that happens repeatedly within 10-1. I I don't know how we would fix that or if we need to fix that, I don't, you know, it's a it's a horror game. It happens like, but you know, that was that was the only thing I I saw. Mm-hmm. There was there was a, a especially one group was like visibly disheartened at the end of the mod. So, mm. uh, so that's the only thing I'd say. That's a bummer. Yeah, which as a horror mod, you kind of want them to be somewhat disheartened, but only in within the spirit <laughs> of the mod, not as a group leaving your table being like, yeah. oh yeah. See, yeah. I'm the I'm the right. guy that likes I liked the ending to the mist. No spoilers, mm-hmm. right? So for those of you out there have, who have seen the movie The Mist, uh, that's the kind of horror movie ending that I like. Mm-hmm. Right? That's it is a thinker, and the it, the good guys don't always win, and that that's like I like that's kind of cool. It's uh, every every once in a while, yeah, that's cool. But uh, yeah, but it's but a consistent ongoing beating that you take is not that's not that's not what I'm looking for. In yeah, a, if, in a, every, in if every if every sure. if every adventure that you play in ends like The Mist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I playing this game? Why yeah, am right, I look. playing this game? <laughs> well, so I'm. Uh, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to sideline. I think a lot of the rest of this. We could go on all night, all night, and and into the into yes. the wee hours because uh, there's, uh, there's got to be so much more that to uncover. I, I think we, we need to play the ADD maybe or uh, yeah, like the ADD might be good. Yeah, an ADD but, might um, be good. No, I, I want to talk about some of my players. Yeah, definitely. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll say <laughs> though, John, I think that this has been the best post-con thing so far. So you yeah. might get to be our uh, oh. designated uh, host for these because yeah, this has been. You have excellent. to not participate in the events <laughs> yeah, yeah, more often, yeah, John. Listen, I'm writing today right now and saying, listen, we need John for a different it's role. Like I told, uh, yeah, it's like, it's like I told my my son once. He's like. He's a, he's a Boy Scout, and he's like, "Why do they keep asking me to do this?" I was like, "Well, it's because you're good at it." Yeah. And I said, "It's uh, it's uh, death by proficiency." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'd, I'd be, be happy less to, good though. at things. Perfect. Yeah, be, that's, be terrible. That's the lesson of this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, be mediocre. Well, hey, I, maybe we will. Maybe we will touch 
touch back on this and do a little story one here uh, shortly. Um, but we've got a very special episode to get to uh, for next Ooh. week. And we're going to get these guys into the studio here, chat with them, the virtual studio, I should say, and uh, uh, get that rolling. So I guess thanks, John, for hosting. Thanks, Troy and Catherine for uh, hanging out with us uh, tonight. Yes, yeah. My name is Zach, and uh, we'll see you next week. Good gaming, everybody. You guys stay safe out there. Bye.